Okay, everybody, here we are. Shogun the Mooney, episode 75. We're in uh, November. Finally, it feels like fall where we're rocking and rolling. Uh, November 6, 2021. Um, it's a Saturday. A nice day to relax and stuff. Good day to talk and just rock and roll. Um, I got this thing. I, I grew up listening to terrestrial radio, you know, AM radio, FM radio, Howard Stern and everything. Um, I wish we had a cough button because if I cough, I apologize. No one wants to hear it, but we're doing a podcast. It's 2021. So we're rocking and rolling. Um, Chuck, how you feeling? Feeling good. Um, nice breezy Saturday. About to watch on Big Mouth finally came came back you know we talked about dave Chappelle and the netflix stuff and i was thinking to myself i pay for netflix every month and i would like barely watch it i only really watch it for like you know if it's a random movie because a lot of like big budget movie movies a lot of big budget movies come out on it um every now and again it's a couple of documentaries every now and again but I usually mainly see like, you know, stand up and then big mouth. So if they would have taken Dave Chappelle off and I'm like, all right, one of the things I'm paying for you taking off, I would have just waited till after I binge watch big mouth and then not have probably cancel my subscription. But thankfully they didn't. So, you know, it like feels that. like Netflix is like the video streaming version of Facebook where like you can't cancel it. Like, like, well, sometimes I, I try to cancel Facebook for like the last like five years, and uh, now we have the whole thing, the meta metaverse and stuff. Um, I try to cancel my account so many times for like Facebook, but like Netflix seems like a institution. It's like you have a Netflix account, you have a social security number, you have an ID. Like it seems like that's you know, it's like it's so like ingrained in us over the last. 10 years and the funny thing is my brother he still gets stuff in the mail isn't that wild he gets it in the mail he gets the dvds in the mail <laughs> and uh i'm like why and he's like i don't know i just never stopped because he was the first one who showed me the netflix but i think um he illegally uh burns them onto a, a pc or something but uh, let me uh, move on from that because I don't want to. I don't want to incriminate him. Even though I just yeah, did. Yeah, I yeah, said, just how many FBI agents? We, how many of the of, of the twenty five people that will listen to us on SoundCloud are FBI agents? I hope more. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm just like um, I'm just thinking about the, you know that whole situation. I'm in a different uh, area. It's not as cute. Usually, I have a nice little cute a Woody Page background. Um, <clears throat> but, um, we're here rock and rolling for episode 75. We have a few things we're going to talk about. I just want to get into it real quick before we go into our little, uh, earlier thing. So it's, you know, obviously it's, it's Saturday, but on Tuesday in our area, in most places, in local areas too, it's election day, local election. And like, I knew it was happening. And I just was kind of like, I keep thinking about midterms and I keep thinking about, you know, like, you know, serious 
every four years stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, like the mayoral race was happening. So, um, I, you know, I didn't vote in the New York City election because I'm registered in Westchester County. Um, but I have a deep uh, personal history with uh, one of the candidates in our uh, area, New York City area, for the for the for the New York City mayoral. Um, I, I I still can't even like I have a full bet. I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, Chris, you know the guardian angel, Chris Sevilla. Curtis. Curtis. I keep saying Chris, but working in New York City during the 2010s, I would see him all the time. I would see him all the time. And my brother one time um, had a, a story. He was like, this is like 20, 2004 or whatever. And he on an old school phone, 2005. And he's on, the, he's on the subway. And he's like, that's that guy. That's that guy. Because there's a movie about him and they appeared in it. Um, very like death wishes, you know, like, hey, you know, like, let's let's uh, take back the streets, you know, the, that whole, like, you know, militia shit. And um, so my brother was like, he saw him, <laughs> he took a picture of him, and then he was texting. And when he looked up, he was like right in front, he, he was right in front of him. The uh, Curtis was like right in front of him. And he was like watching him like this. And um, we were just, you know, laughing about it where it's like, yeah, all right, you run the streets, you know, uh, you know, um, I love those movies, the uh, whole Fear City thing. And it's like, I get it. He ran on the whole fact that it turned, you know, people were saying it was like, oh, it was like the 70s. It was like the 80s. But no. Um, so Eric Adams, you were afraid. Uh, Eric Adams was the police, you know. But that was Tuesday. Um, but that was, you did that on Tuesday. So how was the experience of voting? Yeah, um, kind of last minute, cause you know here in New York, it's I, I always think about it. You know, especially in the last couple elections, at least post um, Pataki and post um, Giuliani, and when Bloomberg decided to switch from the Republican Party to Independent, I like New York. It's become a liberal hotbed. And anytime I see like a Republican candidate, I'm like, this person has really like zero shot at becoming at winning an election. I think the 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 most recent time that like a Republican won like something big here is I think like the district. Um it was a guy, his name like escapes me right now, but Yes, I, I forgot, it. but he lost. Um, like I forgot what the lady's name is, like Melanakis or some shit like that. And that was like the first, and it was like for some kind of like district in like Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I think the thing that kind of like pushed him was that he was very, he used to go out his way to um shit on Jim Dolan, and like he he was running on a campaign that I guess like whatever like tax breaks the 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 Knicks and the Rangers get like he was gonna like um 
or he was going to like kick them out of the garden and make them move so they could rebuild Penn Station or some crazy thing. And then James Dolan like uses like financial clout. And he was like, yeah, all right. Like I'm putting all my money behind this lady and I ended up screwing this thing. But he wasn't going hard like how like Andrew Yang was going hard. Um, but I always like liken it to, um, especially when you see the numbers, uh, we're going to talk about how um, Eric Adams won the amount that, that he won with. I think of it like one of those like small little like hick towns in the south or um you know all over middle America and stuff like that where it's like there's such a like Republican conservative like religious hotbed that like any kind of like um liberal or like progressive candidate has like a like like I said a snowball chance and hell of winning like that's how New York is but the opposite and going off of like Curtis Lewa and Eric Adams. Eric Adams won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went to vote, so my vote was kind of like a drop in a bucket because he won 66% to Sliwa's 28%. That's that, that's a huge... All right, just full disclosure, Shug, you're telling me this for the first time. I know that's a huge percentage. I, I, I thought he would have like a 2 or a 10 at, at the most. Yeah, and wow. the interesting thing is, like, he was on a ballot as both a Republican and an Independent, so he had mm. 27% was his Republican votes, and 1% was Independent votes. Yeah. Um, But when it comes to Eric Adams, like, I'm a huge fan, not really, you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of, to me, like, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, where it's just like... You know, I, I guess they're relatable because they're also um, African-American, but in my eyes, like, they're cops. And he had, like, an interesting, like, backstory behind him, which is that as, like, a kid or, like, a teen, he was he, he was a victim of, like, police brutality. But he felt the way that, you know, you combat that is, you know, basically, if you can't beat them, join them, or try to, like, change the system from within. Mm-hmm. So he took that you know, his experience with the police and said, all right, I'm going to become a police and change the way we go about policing. Um, But if you recall in the primaries, I, I, I think that's where like the real election was, because as I said, you know, these are people, Um, this is a, a place, you know, NYC is like deeply blue. So uh, I feel like the real election was during the primaries when you had Andrew Yang, who we we you know, people most famously you know we've talked about, and who he's now like he ain't even part of our party, like he's starting his own party or something like that. Whoop de woo for him. Yeah, we had the most comments because uh, because we, we said one comment on Andrew Yang, good for him. But like that was like her most common. Someone like shit on us. Yeah. But um, hey, you you put yourself out there. It's like now he's he, he's like a flip flopper. Flip flop. I mean that was in 2004. But like yeah, Andrew Anger for you. Yeah, and you know the, the something we're gonna talk about because I was gonna talk remain specifically here in New York, but um, I just figured like we talk about the whole election day because. When I got home and I was trying to see the results of like the the race, I turned it on to CNN. Come to find out, like there were other um, elections going on in the country and uh, outside of New York. Like 
Democrats were taking a, a big hit, but I say that in relation to the primaries because one of the things with primaries is like we had a lot of candidates who were very, very um progressive, very, very liberal, and you had some that stuck more towards the middle. Um, and then as we said, Andrew Yang, somebody who was, you know, kind of like doing their own thing. And, you know, a lot of people that were up for the Democratic, you know, mayoral ticket, they were really um they seem too uh socialists for um you know the 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 whole city so i think people you know agreed that like eric adams was like the guy because he was kind of like more towards the middle um and Mm. so far he said that he's going to continue um because it's an interesting thing. We, we talked about Kyrie and the Nets and him sitting out the season and uh, prior to the election um, weeks ago, Sean Marks, who was saying, you know, if the situation changes that he could play, like he'll come back. And Steve Nash kind of said the same thing, where it's like, you know, maybe, you know, months from now, things will change. Um, but Adams has said that the vaccine mandate, he's going to keep going. Um, he said it will be up to the NBA to change there. It will be the NBA up to the NBA to do it. And a lot of people think that it's like, oh, like he's expecting the NBA to do something about it, um, to change the rule or whatever. And that ain't the, really the case because they can't really, ch- the NBA can't change NYC's rule. The mayor does that. And he said he, he wouldn't. But I think what he's alluding to is like maybe then the the Nets will, you know, decide to play games someplace else or something like that, which is very, very unlikely because I don't think you build like, uh, you know, you have this arena and you have, you know, KD and Harden on your team still um, that you would up and move to like Jersey. And then, it, you know, I'm pretty sure like the players, the, the players who are on the team that are vaccinated probably live like in Brooklyn or Manhattan or you know, Long Island or someplace close, and it would be like a whole nother thing to make them go to a different uh, place. But the thing that kind of like pushed me, because I, I figured like Eric would, Eric Adams would win by like a lot anyways. But the thing that kind of pushed me is that they send you the um, booklet in the mail with all the candidates, you know, the, the voting, voting board or the voting registration people or whatever, they send you a book. And it has all the different, like, things you vote for. Because you don't just vote for, like, mayor. It's also, like, public advocate, which I had to look up and find out that um somebody who I'm, I, I really support and I really like, um, Jermaine Williams, um, he was up for public advocate. And I didn't know what the hell that was. But what it is is basically, like, the whistleblower or the ombudsman for, like, the mayor. And basically different things around the city. And I just realized, like, there's no, like, lieutenant mayor or vice mayor. Come to find out that should something, God forbid, happen to the, the mayor, um, the public advocate is the person that goes into opposition. Um, That's an interesting title, public advocate. Like, it seems more more than lieutenant governor, because, like, the lieutenant governor is not is opposed to the governor. You know, they're kind of like, if, uh, you know, yeah, I want to keep this to pop culture, but like Spin City, they would have the person in uh, the lieutenant mayor in New York City, from what I saw from that show, was like the helper. But like it was kind of uh, more so kind of how it used to be in the US, where 
you would have the presidential election and then you would have the the president and then you have the vice president the vice president like you had thomas jefferson and john adams they hated each other they would mm-hmm. i mean of course we have the whole he's a herm- hermaphrodite like you're like just like weirdly random like propaganda um uh i've been thinking about that recently with is it is it good like is it better to have adversarial people in power where it's like okay you're 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 the president vice president is like the or things w- wouldn't get done you know that, that that that's the whole thing i've been thinking about with uh mm. since the election on tuesday you know so yeah you know, again i didn't vote i don't have i'm i'm in a different area i live here but i'm registered somewhere else and that's the thing i keep getting i don't want to like i i keep like i don't want to keep okay the better choice that sucks like why why does it have to be the better choice or or the you know okay we're gonna go for this it's hard to find um when it's like two people you know so it's kind of the same thing in while where we are where we are uh with a, a presidential election in america people listening uh overseas and stuff uh two-party system and the you know, it always falls down to two party, and and then I've been, I've been, I just been thinking, is it better or worse? Because you have too many people, or two people, and then you have to like fight it out and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, uh, and then yeah, different, um, other different stuff about the thing. But the thing that really made me go out and vote is that they had different proposals for um voting ref- reform. Um such as ending um the 10 day waiting period for you to, to to register like you know they they wanted to change it so that you could register on the same day um no excuse mail in ballots which they kind of for the last election they allow people to do but it was only for a temporary thing but i mean election day is until election day is a national holiday where everybody gets off and is able to go to the polls like you should be able to do absentee voting because some people straight up you know when it comes to you know they have to go to work and then when they're off work they have to watch their kids and you know it's a lot to go out and vote and you know obviously the people that that affects are usually the people who are least represented you know when the time you know when the time comes to vote and and the benefits of of um the people they vote for another thing was to um rezoning election districts and also like if prison you know the prisoners who are in the state here um they would be counted as part of the place that they lived before and we know with the criminal justice system and the systematic injustice in it that a lot of people in the jails are african-american are Hispanic or non-white. So obviously there's a lot of under, if they're in jail, they're not being represented in their district, thus creates, you know, a disadvantage for them. Also, uh, you're not like, when you go to, let's say in my mind, whenever I think about that, it's Rikers Island. You lose all your rights. You could be there for years and you could be innocent. And we all know about this. We all know how people are, wrongly accused of something you have no representation you have to stay in jail for years and we have that 
someone saw a bag. They said they saw a bag. Hung himself. Uh, he, he ended up uh, just, or something happened. But they were there for two and a half years for just an incident that happened. And um, in New York City, because we're, you know, we're talking about the New York City mayoral race, um, it, you know, it has to change, but it's not going to change, you know. Yeah, Khalif Browder. It doesn't get so, addressed. It doesn't get addressed. Yeah, Khalif Browder is the person you're talking about. So obviously, yeah, so, like, yeah, sure knows, yes. something like that would have, you know, help, you know, those in prison um, justly or unjustly, more likely unjustly. But both with being able to vote. But I looked it up because that's what I really wanted to see um, when I went on CNN, hoping that, you know, that type of stuff. Like, because that's the reason I wanted to vote on. You know, I figured people, the people I wanted to win would win without me, but these are the things people, and which is what I found out later on, is that these are the things that people leave blank. They don't bother in filling in when they do their ballot. And they're very important because as we've seen in like Georgia and Texas and all these places, they're trying to take away people's right to vote. So those are the things people should be looking at. Um, You know, when you vote and when you, Register to vote. They do send you that book um, during election time to let you know about the candidates you're choosing. And even if they don't, just look it up and see all the different things that are in these propositions and start voting on those things. Because that's how a lot of like the, the voting discrimination happens because people um, are negligent, you know, myself included, up until Donald Trump got elected. Yeah. Um, Totally agree uh, with the whole, um, just to bring it back to levity with um, think locally, you know, globally, you know, with the Pauly Shore, with the biodome, I always thought that was like, that's the first time I heard that where it's like, act um, locally, think globally. Uh, we, you know, we talk about, we talk about big things. We talk about big things in, on TV and everything, but nothing gets done unless you work um like d- down your street like so you know like locally and then globally you know um that's something i took away from a silly movie on the national scale virginia had a gubernatorial gubernatorial race and they've been democrats but democrats have been winning for the last like 12 years and they lost that race and then when I got home from voting or what I was watching before I went to vote and then continued watching when I came home was um, Phil Murphy nearly lost his re-election bid in New Jersey, which is, you know, right, right across the river. So they are neighbors. Um, and a lot of our news feed talks about um, New Jersey news. And, you know, for a little, little while, um, a lot of the stuff we were noticing in the national election, the presidential election of last year, you were kind of noticing with him and um, Chitterelli, who was his opponent of, um, you know, the Republican Party, who actually was kind of running off of like a lot of like Trump talking points. And um, that's who a lot of people brought up when talking about Chitterelli. For for a long time in the night, like he was ahead, like it was like 49, 58 with like, you know, 100,000 votes, 50,000 votes, 20,000 votes, a couple thousand votes. And eventually Phil Murphy like pulled through 
and from you know putting New York aside from what I'm saying from what we saw in New Jersey and what we saw in Virginia what is being talked about is you know like it's it was even though like they won one of those races the fact that they lost another race um I think virtually substantially um nothing like Sliwa and, and Adams but it was like you know, 52-48, which is, like, a big margin for an election. Um, They're saying, like, you know, like, Democrats had a bad night because, you know, it shows that places like Virginia where it's, like, you know, it could flip back and forth. And as I stated before, for the last 12 years, they've been Democratic. For it to flip like that is, like, alarming. And it's nothing new. I mean... This is the thing I took away from what I was seeing on CNN when they were reporting that, you know, Democrats had a bad night. I feel like Democrats have blacks, immigrants, LGBT, and white guilt on their side, and they can't get shit done. They're losing the, uh, well, you, you mentioned uh, working class white guys, you know, white people, you know. They, they lost them during Trump, which is sad. Um, Biden was supposed to be you know, he always talks about the Amtrak, he always talks about the trains and stuff. You forget about um, the unions and stuff. Uh, they, they lost them. Like, it sucks. I don't know. I try to represent the union people, but they lost them. And it's, um, that's the way it is, you know, it sucks. But yeah, I mean, centrics is, is a dirty word now. You can't say you're centric. You're, you're, you had to be this or that. Yeah, well, uh, that's what they're saying. Uh, like, right now, it's basically a battle between the centrists or the moderates, however you want to describe them, versus the progressives. And, and that's where, like, Democrats are finding the big problems in the fact that, you know, progressives want to get a lot of things done, you know, um, public health, public health care, things in infrastructure, um, student loan debt forgiveness, um, all of these things. But some of those things are too radical for the Democrats who are still like, you know, closer to, to, to the middle than to the left. And, you know, Democrats won the House of Representatives and lost a few seats um, last year during the election some of the seats that they won in a previous midterm election and looking forward next year, 2022, in those midterm elections, they might end up losing more seats. And then that might sway things back towards the Republican side. And then in Congress or the Senate, it's basically like 50, 50 and Kamala Harris as vice president, you know, she's like the, the tiebreaker. So it's basically you know, she's the, she's the 51st percent. Um, but right now they have an issue in um, Kirsten Cinema, who's the chick who, you know, comes to Congress dressed like, you know, the bully from Beavis and Butthead. And then you have Manchin, who kind of looks like Beavis of West Virginia. Um, Cinema is from Arizona. Manchin's from West Virginia. And they're being like the sticklers, you know, which I can't forgive, but I kind of understand why, because Virginia, I mean, West Virginia, Arizona, these 
are places that might be, you know, if there are Democrats, they would be more, you know, centrist or moderate, um, as it used to be called. So they kind of have to play, you know, both sides. And the thing about it is, it's like, you know, you, if you have the majority, um, it's kind of hard to wield our power when people in your ranks are like, you know, holding things up. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah. And you mentioned uh, what they would have been called like centrist or moderate. Of course, like we're stuck in this. I don't want to tangent again, but um, we're stuck in these terms. Uh, just look at things face value. Look, just like, you know, everything is labeled. Um, the way you, you know, the way you talk about like the moderate and centrist, it seems it's very, very much like uh, tribal or like, oh, I'm here. Like, this is this is why I represent. And I know that's kind of, you know, the whole point of politics is like the party. Obviously, it's called a party, you know. Um, but it's, it's hard to be an individual, individual, um, nowadays where you have to try to, you agree with one thing and stuff and then you don't like West Virginia is a microcosm of America. Uh, West Virginia is, uh, the, the racist term would be white trash. And then also just, just, I don't know, working class, they, they would call but they lean towards philosophical things that don't apply to them in reality. Um, and I think in the last, you know, especially the last five years, um, people have, doesn't matter if you're a, you know, rich or whatever. Oh, I'm going to be, a, oh, I'll be a billionaire. Oh, I'll be a millionaire, you know. Oh, no, I'm going to do whatever. No, politics and government is supposed to help you out. They think it's a detriment. And that's that, that's the separation between um, why things aren't getting done. Um, last thing I'll say about this, uh, in, in our area, um, there's people who have very hard job to get, um, very hard job to get. You get like almost six figures. And it's a civil service job. And they're not doing their job at a protest because they don't want to get vaccinated or like just whatever, whatever. Um, it's, it's like, can you imagine like, like, I don't know, humility. And then, you know, just like society, the last thing I'll say about this, I said two things, but the last thing I'll say is social contract. We don't have to go to other countries and you will see different rules and regulations and just society and culture um, I don't want to do things I don't want to do, but sometimes I say, all right, I'll do it. I, uh, last episode, I explained that I took a test. Some people don't want to get the test taken. Not even that. Uh, I don't, I don't want to get so like, um, AM radio right now, like Republican, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm a freaking like Rush Limbaugh right now, but, um, I'm doing the opposite where it's like, let's come together like it's too much it's people are so aggressive out there in the streets especially where we are right now and it's like why don't do it um but the mayoral thing you know 
the people who I'm around, they've they're in the same camp as you. Yeah, and I think between November of 2021 and November 2022, Democrats are gonna have to figure out what they want to be because I don't mm-hmm. I think the thing with I think the thing that Democratic voters are realizing is that the party hasn't learned anything since um 2016 when Donald Trump was elected and they really need to quit this running on fear or hatred of the alternative which is what they did basically since 2016 where it's like you know if you don't vote for us like you're already seeing like what happens like this big bad man is going to come in and things are going to be all bad and da, 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 da. but then not following through on things you promised that you're going to get done. You know, as I said, Democrats have blacks, immigrants, LGBT, and white guilt on their side. Ten, black people have been 10 toes deep with the Democratic Party since Martin Luther King days. And they have not paid back at all other than kind words and symbolism. Like, there's not been any kind of, like, gesture for Black people. And they do a lot of stuff for immigrants. They do a lot of stuff for the LGBT people. And they've done a lot of stuff for women, but they haven't given back to Black people as a whole. And we still show up to vote. And I, what I'm seeing is a lot of Black people is just like, you know, this is the last straw. As I said, Tuesday, I didn't even really feel like voting. But, you know, I felt that a lot of the, the stuff, the propositions and stuff would, you know, help me um as a black man living in new york state and new york city um but they really got to work on this stuff like you promised student loan debt and you know student loan debt death uh that forgiveness and since biden's been office been in office it's kind of been forgotten it's like oh no i don't you know you were running on this thing and then all of a sudden now it's like no like you know, when you were running, you were saying it because, you know, um, Bernie Sanders, that was his whole thing. Like a lot of his reforms were what you were kind of like saying, you're like, all right, I'm going to try to do this and I'm going to try to do this. And then when you get elected, like you totally forget about it. Or now it seems like, you know, those promises are far, far-fetched. And, you know, Democrats got to figure out what they want to do. Like, are they going to just be like, oh, you know, if you don't vote for us, like, we won't be able to get anything done after, you know, two years of you having both houses and you're still not getting anything done. Um, What are you going to do? Oh, 2024, like Trump might be back. Like, you, can, you can't keep doing this. You have to actually start to deliver on these things. Like, they're co-opting a lot of things that the conservatives would do. But they're not delivering. Like, of course, we don't agree with everything. We don't agree with most things they've done in the last twenty years with the conservative party because they were like you know propaganda machines and stuff. But they got shit done, and it's like the whole thing. You know, since during Obama, uh, you know, whatever Obama, I'm I'm a big supporter and stuff. Biden was the vice president. He's the president now. They, they, they offer so many things, but they don't deliver. Once, you know, it's like once they're like, like me, I'll be like, ah. they're like, sit back and just like, that's what I feel like. It's, just, it's nothing's getting done. Um, 
but the way other people get shit done is like they, you know they, they have clever words and stuff like that it's just like uh, it, it, it would be so much better if like again they come, you know come together say the beatles but like it's always going to be a uh, an, an adversarial thing um i just i, I feel not let down um I think because it's been happening too many times, but um, we wanted to talk about this. We're going to talk about the, the, the infrastructure bill too. Um, I'm happy. And, you know, I, I want things, you know, especially here, we live in a, like a metropolis. We live in like a um, metro area. Um, think people get into work. You know, people are, are, they have work again. A lot of people aren't even going to work, which is like sad to me where it's like, um, oh, I'd rather just say, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, construction wise and like that type of those, those type of jobs. When I go to, when I go to my little thing I do, um, it takes like an extra half hour, but I'm like, all right, good. Because every single block they're, they're, they're reconstructing like areas in in uh, in my little area like it's nothing special um did you, you know like what's your what's your thoughts on it where like what's your thoughts on this trick uh, infrastructure bill where uh is that going to be um in front is that going to supersede other things we need to do like we go from the health thing then out of nowhere and we talking about this education is gone like like what, what your, what's your thought on that well they made it more um conservative friendly because this bill was supposed to include things such as paid maternity leave and paternity leave they took that out um i assume they probably wanted to do the student let the student loan debt um forgiveness some in some way form or fashion and i guess that was like a non-starter um Public health care, of course, that's, you know, that was a non-starter. And you could tell by how they passed it because it was 228 votes for it and then 206 votes against it. And 13 Republicans voted for it and six Democrats voted against it. So it was already divisive. And... I'd assume like those Republicans, you know, switch sides because it's like, oh, all right, well, you made it more, you know, uh, more appetizing to us. And then six Democrats were just like, it's not enough. It's a lot of money to spend where, um, you know, of course, yeah, it's going to build, you know, fix roads and build bridges and create highways and all of this different type of stuff. But when we're talking about the actual needs of individual American citizens is not doing any of that. And that's why I say between now and next November, you know, those midterm elections, the Democratic Party is going to have to decide what they want to do. Are they going to just be um, not Republican or are they going to be their own party where they're actually trying to do things and get things done? I mean, say what you will about Republicans, but going back to like cinema and mansion, Whenever any of them Republicans went against Trump, what happened? The whole party and the, the people, the voters, like Republican voters turned against them. Like that's what needs to be happening with the Democratic Party. You know, just yeah. start start going up against them. Um, yeah. and when they, they say these things and you know, 
um the republicans they like i said this whole like fear the alternative and hate of the alternative it's not exclusive to democrats it's, it's just the execution by the right is is actually a lot more um they actually get things done because you know their thing is like oh i'm gonna get rid of um you know i'm gonna make sure that critical race theory is not coming into our school i'm gonna make sure that they don't take god out of the schools and da, 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 da. and do they fail more often than not do they try more often than not they do they follow through on what they're trying to do and that's what the democrats don't do they try to keep playing both sides and they try to reach over on a you know reach to the to the other side of the aisle and all that stuff and it's clearly not working out and sooner or later like the voters are going to realize that and it's a lot of people who say like i don't believe in voting and i never understood that i'm like why would you not vote and like the more and more i i, I watch these elections and i follow these elections i'm realizing why people don't care to vote like somebody on twitter it was like you know Voting is the adult version of writing a letter to Santa because, you know, you can put all these things that you want and you're not going to get them. I never I never heard that before. That's cute. Um, but yeah, but like you, you touched on this where like conservatives get things done. I mentioned it too, where it's like get things done. But that's scary because you can have one person say something. Hello, we're talking about fashion here. And then you have... Democrat uh, Party in America right now, where I I love you know I don't love that's not a word. Um, I try to question everything. You question everything and you end up nowhere. There's solidarity in of you know like unionism and stuff like that. Like you know, but that in, in itself is very. Hey, I'm in charge. Like it's very human nature. I mean, we all read Animal Farm and all that shit. So like what's the healthy balance it's hard because i you know you don't want to have uh, conservatism the, the 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 right where you follow a man who is obviously a piece of shit you know trump you know i had to say his name whatever his name is but and then you have the other thing where it's like no we have to question everything um but you get lost in, in between the two sides. And then again, like I said earlier, like you question both sides or you agree with one thing, you agree with another thing and you get caught in the middle and then you get cast out. You're like, oh, you're you're a traitor to whoever, you know, it's, it's I guess the word they use is tribalism. I don't like that word, um, but it's, it's, I, I the only thing I criticize myself I'll say you question it too much and you just, you're just jerk. You're just like questioning everything. You're contrarian. You're just questioning everything. And sometimes you get to uh, come together. And I, I'm just one of those characters in the world who have been burnt by like a lot of different um, parties, not part, I don't say parties, but like uh, ideas and like movements and stuff. And maybe I'm not part of a lot of the movements. I get it, but I'm, I'm the ally and stuff like whatever word you want to say. But uh, it's it's uh, it's getting to a point where I don't know, like like what's next? Like it was like so many things have happened in the last two years, or you know, last twenty years or whatever. 
Nick fans here, we're in full swing. Most teams have played at least eight or nine, ten games. Um, Shug, what's going on with the Suns, though, the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, I mean, up until last year when the Suns made it to the NBA Finals and lost, um, people forget, and I'm glad you brought up, like, the Knicks fan thing because everybody always paints um, Jim Dolan with, like, a very, very, like, heavy brush. But, you know, everybody, you know, because everybody says, like, oh, the Knicks can't win with him as an owner, and I'm like, well, we came within two games of probably one of the worst owners to win a championship. If the Suns would have followed through on their, I think they led the, the finals two to one or two nothing. Um, because Robert Solver up until last year, like the Suns really have been like a bad franchise. Um, they made a really brilliant trade last year, which kind of turned things around, which was picking up. Chris Paul, and I don't want to, like, um, discredit them too much because they did play in the NBA bubble in Orlando, and they played very well in it. I believe, like, they were 8-0, and this was before Chris Paul got there. But for the most part, since Robert Sovers has been an owner, like, they've really underwhelmed outside of his first couple of years. And, you know, with most changes of ownership, you could attribute the last couple of years of um, Amari and Steve Nash to the previous um, ownership. But since then, they hadn't made the playoffs up until last year. They had like a long playoff drought up until last year, about eight or nine years. Um, and he was just known for just being like really cheap. Most recently, he... Um, decline options and he declined options on rookie deals and he was playing hardball with DeAndre Eaton who was the center of the uh, Western Conference Championship Suns of last year and he played really well like he was really one of the like bright spots so it was just interesting that you know this guy you know he's due for extension and if people like John Collins and all these other guys on rookie deals got extensions and really, really um, lavish deals, like DeAndre Ayton looks like a, a, a solid piece for, you know, as long as they keep Devin Booker and for the last few years of Chris Paul's career. Um, a matter of fact, with Chris Paul, he was one of the people where it's just like a lot of people thought like he would hit the open market because – you know, Robert Sauver has been notorious, notoriously frugal when it comes to player negotiations. Uh, but he actually ponied up and, and got him his money. And um, that aside, we come to find out that there are some really uh, bad things going on in that organization um, and a lot of toxic a lot of toxic behavior within their their um employee you know within their front office as well as some that has you know seeped into the locker room and towards the coaches and this week a report came out that 70 plus former and current employees have 
corroborated there being some racist and misogynistic behavior in the office by other employees and by Robert Solver himself. So it was really like a bombshell. Um, I believe Thursday, it was all over Twitter. Everybody was, you know, talking about it. And I had so many different excerpts from the article that people were posting. And, you know, we're talking about like a paragraph or two paragraphs and you just read them. And it's just like, it blows your mind. And I'm not going to go over everything, which says a lot because there's a lot of things I'm going to talk about here, but I'm not going to go over everything because it was a lot to go over and I don't want to spend like an hour on it. But yeah. if you want to read the entire article, it was a well done, well thought out um, story by NBA senior writer for ESPN, Baxter Holmes. So if you go on ESPN or you just type in Robert Solver, um, Baxter Holmes, you'll see the whole article. And there's a lot going on in it. Yeah. Going back to the early days of Sugar the Mooney, first couple episodes, we talked about the, uh, the, the former Washington Redskins, the you know the uh washington football team you know they had that whole thing going on last summer um just hr issues and stuff and just has nothing to do with your sport you know like them on the field or them on the court and it's just you got to remember these are corporations and all every corporation has issues and stuff it's i don't know like i feel like they get a pass or not a pass but like um Hey, we're we're sports. We're different, you know. It's like no. Um, so everything that Trey's telling me right now is uh, there's a lot of issues with um, just in general. Just like um, it's more than just. I know we're talking about sports, but it's one more than that. Yeah, anyway. and the stuff that like Mike is talking about, we were talking about like the Washington football team, um, and Dan Snyder, like that stuff actually. Um, it's the investigation started out last year, but a lot of findings have been coming out over the past week. And a few weeks ago, one of the episodes when Mike wasn't here, like I was talking about it, where emails between Bruce Allen and John Gruden were leaked. And it had a lot of racist content, a lot of misogynistic content. And John Gruden got, you know, basically had to resign from his job because of it. And unfortunately as i said at the end of that segment was i was hoping that a lot more would come out but the nfl is saying that it won't so perhaps um eventually over time like you know some very intelligent journalist um or reporter will uncover some of that information and leak that out um in the same way you know this stuff has been um investigated and brought out about robert server and it's just so many different racist and misogynistic allegations coincided with just his ineptitude as an owner such as you know and also as Knicks fans we know about turnover and you know we're also Yankee fans so we're aware of the past with the Yankees during the 80s and 90s where there was a lot of turnover with the managers and stuff like that and thankfully nobody's came out and said like George Steinbrenner was a racist um but Robert Server, he had seven different head coaches in eight years, which is astounding. Um, but some of the things that were brought up, I'm going to start off since I talked about the head coaching thing because one of them was in relation to the head coaching. 
which is that in choosing between uh, Dan Marley, who's a former Suns player, and Lindsey Hunter, who's also a former Suns player, um, and Don, Dan Marley is white, Lindsey Hunter is black, he was deciding between the two, and he said, quote, allegedly, these N-words need an N-word, you know, in relation to it's a predominantly black team, they need a black coach, but instead of saying it like how I just said it, he said it in such a derogatory and nasty way. Earl Watson, who's a former NBA player, and he was formerly the interim head coach of the Phoenix Suns, and he negotiated a contract in order for him to become um, head coach permanently of the Suns. Um, he corroborated the story. Um, now he's currently an assistant coach with the Toronto Raptors, where he said like he was essentially being forced by Robert Server to fire his agency, Clutch, um, Clutch Sports, you know, which is owned by um, Rich Paul, who's black. And Earl Watson said, listen, like, this is a bad look. Like, how are you going to ask a black head coach to fire his black agent? And Robert Server, through his, like, lawyer, said that he defends himself in saying that he felt like there was a conflict of interest. But Earl Watson, in in response to that, said that when he um, negotiated his contract to be the interim head coach and to become permanent head coach, both times they had to deal with clutch so they weren't it wasn't like out of the blue that like he had this agency so he knew it was kind of like you know a racism thing and one of the situations where oh the the Suns they were playing the Golden State Warriors and I guess one of the players on the Suns like the coach the the referee heard them saying the n-word and they were hit with a technical foul and server was talking in the huddle and to the, the team saying, you know, if Draymond could say the N-word, why can't he say the N-word? Uh, Earl Watson told him repeatedly, like, because he actually said the word. Earl Watson told him, like, listen, you can't say that. And he kept on repeating the word over and over. Um, And that's, that's what, like, Earl Watson is um saying about that. Yeah, actually, so, yeah, that's something I saw. Yeah. Yeah, and when it comes to, like, the misogyny thing, oh, uh, another thing with the racism is that I guess they brought in LaMarcus Aldridge for, um, you know, try to sign him. And I guess in the free agency meeting or I guess in their meetings, it was expressed that LaMarcus Aldridge would have preferred to play in Texas so he could be closer to his kids. Um, He eventually signed with the San Antonio Spurs for that reason. And... In response to that, Robert Server suggested that perhaps they should try to get strippers to get pregnant by the Suns players in order to keep, if, you know, the players want to remain close to their kids, that they should get strippers um, for the players to get pregnant so that the players would be, you know, beholden, I guess, in his in his mind to Phoenix. They They would decide to stay with the sons rather than going somewhere else because they have kids yeah that, that is some uh it's very dark stuff but um i have to be i, I have to bring up things that uh, in the last decade last few decades 
um, people got in trouble for it. Charles Barkley got in trouble for what? Saying it was like a plantation, right? Who said it was a plantation? Was it Charles Barkley or someone else? Um, a lot of people have been, have been saying it's kind of like just that whole mentality of, yeah, and then shut up and shut up and uh, dribble the ball. But that, that whole thing from Fox News. Um, there's so many undertones. No, this, is, this is why we talk. This is why we talk about it because um, it's a real thing. Yeah, and I want to talk about like the misogyny. Um, there is like a ton on that, but one story like stuck out to me when I saw the tweet. It was like a female employee who was sexually assaulted by a male employee in like a parking lot. And she took that issue to HR. And rather than reprimanding the, you know, person who was alleged to have done the assault, I guess they their desks were next to each other and they just moved her desk like one row in front. And that was their way of dealing with the issue and you know the woman felt terrible because every time she got up from her desk she had to look at the person who sexually assaulted her and then another story about his misogyny was that he would talk about his wife performing oral sex to him like openly amongst employees like uh unsolicited i guess and then also pass around pics of her in like a bikini um, I guess to brag about like, oh, this is my wife and, and stuff like that. So it is with some some wild like allegations. Um, obviously, almost like 10 years ago, we it's crazy. It's been that long, but almost 10 years ago, we had the same thing with um, Donald Sterling, where, you know, he was found out to be, you know, racist and, you know, he, he had this awful you know, I guess the thing with him is like there's actual tape of him um, saying the stuff that he was alleged to said to have been said. So it was easier to ban mm-hmm. him. Um, but they're saying it's going to be a lot harder to get Robert Solver out. But I think what's eventually going to happen is like all of these, you know, allegations is just basically going to shame him into selling the team, perhaps. And, you know, it's a sad thing with in both stories because. Donald Sterling, he was banned from the NBA and forced to sell his team for like billions of dollars to Steve Ballmer, who's, you know, been a pretty good owner. Um, and obviously he didn't see all our money because, his, you know, when the stuff comes out, like his wife, like divorced him. But if Robert Sauber decides to sell the Suns, like he's going to end up being a, um, he's going to end up being you know, even richer than he already is. And that's the sad thing of, of like the power structure and like patriarchy and the fact that like these these guys are do really like nasty and heinous shit shit. And when they face consequences, they still ended up they still end up um a lot better off than they started. And there's really, you know, I think about it, there's really no way you could like, you know, um, you know, work around that. Yeah, they call it the golden parachute, right? In, in corporate co- corporations, when like you get like a, a million dollars to leave, they call it the golden parachute. Like, oh, you're ashamed. Like Enron was famous for the, uh, oh, we're gonna give you like a million million dollars. That's like, how do you change the culture? It was when it's like, you can't expect it overnight. It's like we don't like we don't have to all get along. 
people need to be respected. We don't all have to get along, but people get respected. Please respect everyone. The last thing I'm going to say is, like, it's so unfortunate because um, there's no microphone being put in front of a Robert server, but there's microphones being put out in front of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, uh, Monty Williams. But I know one person who there's going to be, like, a microphone in front of, (laughs) and I hope, like, he's brutally honest, is DeAndre DeAndre Ayton because... Yeah, it, this, this guy. Yeah. This guy tried to, you know, this guy tried to like lowball him when it came to um negotiations. Um, but yeah, I just I'm just hoping like real consequences, real consequences of being like um face. And I don't know how how you do that. I don't know if like they sell the team and somehow some way they force him to put the money into like a trust or something or perhaps um. I think one of the things they probably should start doing is, you know, somehow, some way, like siphon some of like the ownership back into the city, um, and the citizens, like kind of what they did, they they have going on with the Green Bay Packers for like many many years, where nobody owns the Green Bay Packers but the city of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, I know that might be a little far fetched, but who knows? But we'll keep following. We'll keep following the 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 story because this is some earth shattering stuff, and you know it coincides with the stuff with the Washington football team, which I also hope a lot of stuff comes out. Um, and who knows? It's the same. It's probably the same thing like police brutality. Like a lot more of this stuff has probably been going on for years. Like we talked about it way back when, um, when we were talking about Clark Griff- Griffith, uh, with the. Is it Clark Griffith or his son? Uh, whichever one. I moved the 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 senators to Minnesota because they had more white people in Minnesota, and he didn't want black people coming to games. And um, yeah, the, right. The, uh, the, yeah, and then yeah. the owner of um the then Washington Redskins back in in the seventies. I was gonna say Jack Kent Cook, but but I was the person I bought the team afterwards, and he owned the Lakers. You know when Wilt and Elgin Baylor won the team, and I don't want to like disgrace his name, but the owner previous to him, where he didn't want any black people on the Washington Redskins. So it's been going on for a while. The the racism stuff, and you know the, the other thing is there's a lot of great owners that do a lot of great things and don't do racist shit. And I, like I said, Jim Dolan, like you never heard him. Like nobody comes out and says like, "Oh, he's racist," and da, 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 da. like, you know, that's the one thing you can't say about him. So we'll we'll continue following it. All right, award of the week. Oh, I'm apologize ahead of time because I really did not mean to have back to back weeks where I talk about anti vaxxers but I had to give award of the week because it was um. Hilarious and sad at the same time this week when um Aaron Rodgers it came out that he caught COVID and they were supposed to have like a huge game. It, everybody was calling it like the State Farm, the Jake from State Farm Bowl because it was going to be Packers and Chiefs. Um, also another thing people forget it's a rematch of the first Super Bowl, Super Bowl one. Um, it was going to be Patrick Mahomes who does. Um, State Farm stuff, and then um, Aaron Rodgers, who was the originator, you know, discount, double check, all of that. 
Um, and people were, you know, highly anticipating this game. And then it came out that he had COVID and would not be playing in the game. And it came to a question as to whether or not he was vaccinated. Because I believe if you're vaccinated, because the Giants are kind of going through the same thing with their team. Um, all you really have to do is go into the protocols. And if you don't show any symptoms and if you come up with like a negative test, um, you'd be able to play. Um, but, it came, you know, it came out that he he's not vaccinated. And in an initial press conference way back when, I think before on the preseason or before the season started, when asked if he was vaccinated, he said um, he was immunized. Uh, that was his response to being vaccinated. But I gave, I'm giving Aaron Rodgers award of the week for being the clown prince of anti-vaxxers because we he went uh, on he went on Pat McAfee, who's a former NFL kicker. He now announces for the WWE, um, and basically explained his side, which um, as I said, with this whole vaccination shit is just a sounding to me. The the whole like. It's just a sounding to me that this has become such a divisive thing because for people who haven't gotten the vaccine, it seems like they must have been like living under a rock over the past couple of years. Um, so we went on there and he used, you know, such buzzwords um, as the woke mob and cancel culture. He claimed to have given 500 pages of independent research that he's pl- he's proud of. He says he's very proud of his research to the NFL, and the NFL looked at him as if he was a quack. And his reasoning for not getting vaccinated was because um, mRNA vaccine, you know, the two-dose vaccine, there was something in it that he's allergic to. He claims to be allergic to. Um, so that that took him out of being able to get Pfizer or the Moderna um, vaccine. And then that leaves J&J, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which I have gotten. Um, And that he declined to take because of the six cases of blood clotting that went on with it for that took it off of the market for all of like 11 days. And let's remember, it was six people out of six million I got that. If you typed out the percentage of people who experienced those side effects out of like the six million, like you'd get tired of writing zeros after decimal before you actually got to like a number. Um, not to mention that the six people that were affected were women between the ages of, I believe, like 34 and 49, neither of which is uh, anything Aaron Rodgers checks off as. And he... The NFL debunked his um, statement that he met with their doctors. They said that he did not. He didn't meet with any of their doctors or researchers. Um, the other kicker was that he said that he consulted with Joe Rogan. And if you watch the video, like Pat McAfee, he puts his hand over his mouth. Like he's like he, he's containing himself from laughter. Um, because everybody knows like Joe Rogan is one of the people, you know, like, yeah, you take this like horse tranquilizer thing, like it'll help you out. He used an MLK quote uh to defend himself, which 
somebody tweeted it was just white dudes used to like defend themselves just just a mlk quote and he said this all the while having covid another when i said buzzwords another like phrase that he used was like oh why well if you you know why are vaccinated people still getting covid which as we've all know like people get vaccinated and you can't catch covid but you know destroys the chances of you going to the hospital and or dying from it yeah my my uh significant other was vaccinated first like in december and she got it in june so yeah and we we talked about this uh, on the show yeah and then uh, one of the things with Aaron Rodgers that's been going on um, since he's been drafted, Jordan Love, who's a quarterback that the Packers picked in the first round, and people felt like it was a message to Aaron Rodgers that they were ready to move on. Um, Jordan Love showed up to his press conference wearing a mask, and people asked him, why are you wearing a mask? And he said, I'm vaccinated, but in light of recent events, I'm, I'm wearing this mask. And that's my award of the week. Mike, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts. I'm going to do a, sh- a quick shout-out to Artie Lang. He's, his podcast is back. I watched uh, two episodes this week. Good for him. He seems, you know, happy and everything like that. And I, I hate I hate people who act like you got to handle someone with an issue um, with, like, you know, little mittens. You know, you got to be all nice to them and stuff. Because he's a tough guy. Tough guy. We're all tough guys. We, we, we've been through a lot of shit. And um, same with me. I don't want people to act like you got to be okay. Tiptoe around me. He's doing his thing. Artie Lang is back. He's doing two, two shows a week. Check him out. The Artie Lang uh, uh, halfway house. Um, I'm not going to talk about... Um, Sport, uh, I mean, um, uh, what's the word? Like kayfabe stuff. But John Moxley on uh, Tuesday to, into Wednesday in, in, morning, he went to an in, uh, inpatient thing. Uh, full disclosure, I've done outpatient. Uh, I've, I've struggled with addiction. I've struggled with mental illness for a long time. And um, I want people to you watch my show now. Um, I just want, um, you know, I, I, I'm not a biggest fan of, as a character, John Maxley, as a human being, good for him. Um, but I think, I honestly think, uh, I'm wearing this shirt right now. Uh, Eddie, I think Eddie Kingston helped him out because he was in a similar situation for the last 20 years. And I'm, 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 I'm recording this right now in our neighborhood. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, sometimes things get wild and you just have to take a step back and it's okay. It's not a weakness. You know, sometimes it's, you know, and don't give me that bullshit where it's like a strength. Like, oh yeah, good for you. No. Shout out to John Moxley. Um, you just had a kid you have a wife. Everything's going well for you. And you get a step back. Good for you. With the uh, mayoral, um, Race, Eric Adams, he seemed like the sound choice, which is a very bad thing to say. Like, why is that? Like, 
oh, like it's very democratic, very dem. You know, I hate, uh, you know, I'm not a registered Democrat anymore. I'm independent, but of course I always vote Democrat. Um, but like, oh, I see, he's a safe thing. He's a safe, you know, Eric Adams is safe. You know, he's safe. Um, oh yeah, well, let's let's clock out, you know, not clock out, but like, let's, whatever. Um, let, let's, you know, like check off all the different things on the, on the, on the, on the list. But um, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, I, I've worked, I've worked in Manhattan because we got to talk about Manhattan. I, I, I've worked in Manhattan for 15 years. Um, it, it, there's a lot of, a lot of issues there. And a lot of the uh, figurative, like, oh, don't offend them, don't offend them. But then also like, hey, financial stuff. Hey, we're, we're always talking about financial stuff. Yeah, yeah this is good. Um, but in the last year and a half, um, so year and a half, uh, more than you know, more than that. But um, it, there, there's a lot of issues. Um, people are losing jobs, but then people are getting jobs. But I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's. I alluded to it before, um, where you got the people say cushy jobs, and you know you, you have your room to like mansplain and like manspread or whatever the word is. There's people who like is there's a lot of things going on in the city. I don't know. I feel like we're like in the 1979 right now, and whatever that whatever that's worth. Um, I don't want to go on too much of a rant. I've been sick. Um, but yeah, this is what the second one in a row. I'm back with you, Shug. Um, think about this episode all week. A lot of things on my mind, but it's like I'm thinking about something, and then like an, an hour later, hey, it's over. Like there's another thing we gotta we gotta talk about. So uh, I love this whole little closing. Uh, option because uh, there's a lot of things on my mind, but I just don't really uh, I don't really talk about it. It's not a, it's not a vlog, but uh, I hogged up too much time. Uh, Shug, so yeah, so you said about like John Mosley, like the when I like first seen that, the first thing I thought of is when we went to um. Grand Slam out in Arthur Ashe Stadium, and they they closed out um one of the shows. I could, yeah, I think it was the whole thing. Um, and it was like him and Eddie Kingston, and they were like pounding um Michelob lights, and I was just looking at, it, I was like Michelob lights. I was like, I ain't even like a real beer. And then this stuff came out, and I was like the first thing I thought of. Um, but I'm glad like he's going on getting help. Another thing when I was like looking on. You know when his name was trending was like I think somebody like hacked um Renee Paquette his his wife um she had kind of like a um secret you know like a you know personal Instagram like the only people that were following them was like family somebody hacked that and like posted pictures of like their kid and that shit was whack so if you're doing that like um to hell with you like you're a terrible person um. So yeah, I hope like he goes out and gets the the help he needs, and he has you know my full support. 
um, and not because I, you know, I've always been a fan of his like and everything. Um, election, as I've said, like buku times when we were talking about it just now, Democrats got to figure out what they want to be. Um, and they have to start like delivering on things because once you keep promising things and don't deliver, like people, um, they're either going to switch sides or they're going to be apathetic towards you. And I'm starting to lean towards like the apathy side of things. Robert Server, um, is just incredible. Like, these people are, you know, wield all of this power or like such like shit people. And you know, I, I really want to like look at look for the best in people until they they show otherwise. So I'm hoping that the 29 other owners in the NBA look at him, and if they're like you know doing those same type of things that, or something you know close to it that they you know, to quote last week's award winner, they chickety shack themselves before they riggedy wreck themselves. Oh, uh, but. As of course, um, oh yeah, one thing I want to say, uh, we did want to like make it like a whole topic, but I felt like there's nothing that could be said about um what happened um with Henry Ruggs Jr. I mean Henry Ruggs the third out there in Las Vegas that hasn't been said. It's a terrible situation. What I will say is I know a lot of people have been going after like. Derek Carr and Kadarius Tony for like throwing out their support. I don't, I just wanted to say, I don't think that they're um, forgiving him, forgiving him for what he did, nor defending it. I think they're basically throwing out their support because at the end of the day, like he's going to be punished. He's going to face his consequences. And regardless of how you feel, I mean, regardless of how you feel, like he's going to have to live with the fact that this young lady, um, you know, and these these people are not going to, you know, ever see a day of life again. And as somebody who lost a cousin in a car accident, tragically, like this, her life was cut short, and I miss her every day. Um, it's it's tough for me to reconcile with. And you know, and seeing this, one of the things I I will always regret in my life is you know during th- during my college tenure, I would definitely be hopping in the car with a driver who was, you know, just as drunk as me and just letting Jesus take the wheel. And that's one of the things if I ever had to do my life over again, like I would definitely change that and not do that and not, you know, take part in that behavior. And I, I, I just feel terrible about it. Um, because, you know, everything people talk about drunk driving and DUIs, you know, it's the what if, what if this happened? What if you were to kill somebody? What if somebody got hurt? What if you killed yourself? You know, with this situation, like it actually happened, like dude was driving 156 miles per hour. If you cut that in half, like you're still speeding. Um, But I just felt like it, it wasn't you know nothing to be discussed about it it's just a terrible thing all around i feel i feel for his, for her family i feel for his family because you know they 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 they're gonna lose you know their relative to prison um because of something he did and then you know this young lady her family lost her um and it's all around like stupid when you read the whole story about it is it's just um 
indefensible and you know i don't know how much time he's gonna get in jail i do know he's definitely going to jail because you cannot be driving 156 miles per hour and killing people most cars don't even go 156 miles per hour so i hope that you know whatever his incarceration is like he's up in you know he's up in there and he's thinking hard about what he did and and um you know try tries to make some kind of peace with her family but you know on our side of the things you know always check our youtube channel every week i think you know we've got like a schedule of how things are going to come out we just dropped our final once upon a time in hollywood so if you want to watch those they're all on our playlist you can watch them back to back in order um i actually got the hardcover it's supposed to be coming in the mail sometime. I might reread it. I don't know. But I'm really excited to get that. But check them out. We did a lot of work on it. I'm going to watch the whole, like, series, like, all in, like, at some point, all in one shot, just to see how everything came out. And I hope, like, people who have been watching them enjoy it. Um, but do not despair. We have John Hughes, our segment from a couple weeks ago. That's going to be coming out this Friday, so just check that out. Yeah, also check out uh, the great artwork by Elbow Drop Art. Um, he does wrestling, but he's been linking up with us for the last couple of months. And um, he's a busy guy. He's a teacher. But check out, uh, he says it'll come out tomorrow or this weekend. It's... Uh, uh john hughes inspired wrestling art and it's going to be coming out with john hughes uh video that i've been uh working on and it was just re-watching listening to us all day long and that's what i do i just listen to us all day long i'm sure you guys uh like listening to us but i listen to us all day long and it's fun yeah that's it and it's gonna be a little like you know slide in the intro in the john hughes video um that he drew for us um after we came back from chicago so i you know like mike said he's the one that did that so shout out elbow drop art and please check out all the other stuff you know but for this episode episode 75 our silver anniversary this has been shug me the mooney shug me the mooney shug me the mooney <laughs>